If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session. Because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. Do you know the meaning of the number 38? Well, I didn't either until I looked it up, and I am certainly glad that I did because 38 is a really cool number. If you have been seeing 38s in your dreams or in your waking life, or perhaps you just love the number and didn't know why, God might be speaking to you about your calling or your life's work and purpose because The meaning of the number 38 is work or labor specifically in the area of your calling and purpose. What a cool interpretation. And this just so happens to be, yes, the 38th episode of Breathing Underwater and our final episode in the series on intercession. And while I am sad to see the series go because I have loved it dearly, I feel confident that we are crowning it rightly with the interview that I have today with my new friend, Rosemary. Rosemary is a very special individual, as you will soon see, and she and I have a really cool story. I did not have the opportunity to meet her until about two months ago, but Rosemary, who lives in Germany, has been following the podcast since the beginning, and I never knew it until she reached out to me via email with a question about an interpretation for one of her dreams. I ended up actually just affirming and validating the interpretation that she had already had, but this started our friendship. And little did I know that just a month or so later, I would be in Berlin, which is where she lives, and we had the opportunity to meet in person. I was spending two weeks there already seeing friends and doing some ministry work, and our mutual friend made the space for us to connect. And I just have to say, it was so clearly God-ordained in every way. It was just a, a very special and deep time. And I got to know very quickly that Rosemary is wise and knowledgeable and educated and has experience far past mine in the realm of intercession. And I even got the opportunity to do some intercession in Berlin with her over the land, some cleansing of the land, or I call it land reconciliation, which is a a posture of intercession when you're actually interceding over the land, which you're going to hear a little bit more about today. So it was a rich and very informative as well as just deeply connecting visit with her. And so I just knew Rosemary, you have got to come on the podcast, especially during this intercession series. There will be no better way to put a period on this series. So 
I invite you to posture yourself to receive from this mother in the faith. You are going to love her accent. You're going to love her giggle. And you're going to love how she so simply and rightly expresses living in the new covenant with Jesus. So I have with me today a new friend who is feels like an old friend. <laughs> her name is Rosemary Stresemann. And she, did I say that right? Yes. Yes. In German, it's Stresemann. It's difficult to pronounce. Stresemann, but it's so beautiful. She lives in Berlin. We had the just recent privilege to become acquainted when I was there in Germany. And we did some intercession reconciliation prayer over the land, which again was a huge honor and gift for me. And this woman is just deeply connected to God and has had a very long, rich history of intercession. She's also a dreamer. And I thought this, this just has to happen. She has to come on the podcast. There's no way around it. And luckily, she was willing to do that. Thank you so much for being here, Rosemary. Well, I'm honored to be on this podcast. Really, <laughs> I would never have dreamt about this. N never. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> since I got to know the podcast, I knew you were in America and, and, and that we, we met now. It's, it's really a miracle for me. It really is a miracle. I have to say that too. It was a God ordained connection because. We had had just one email contact and then I ended up in Berlin and we had a mutual friend and this meeting we had face to face was just, it was just full of the Holy Spirit. It was just deep and very intentional. And so I can hardly believe that you're here too. It's just, it's perfect timing yes. and I can't wait to hear just what you have to share today. I want to just pull from your rich history and what you know and what you've learned with God because Rosemary has been an intercessor for 46 years going on 50 years she's been walking with God so she has far more experience than I do and I just want to pull on that and because we're in the intercession series it's perfect that she's here today so we're going to talk a little bit about intercession her history with that what that has looked like how dreams have played a role for her in this and then hopefully we're going to get to interpret some dreams right at the end so Rosemary I would love for you to start just by telling us a little bit about your life where you live where you're from, and then what it looked like to find out this intercession calling with God. Well, actually, I'm living in Berlin. I'm born in Berlin, and I'm one of the rare people who are really born in Berlin. Mm. And um, before I met the Lord, I wanted to leave this town because it was still a divided town, mm. and you had always these problems, and there was no nature around, and so, but when I got to know the Lord, and I mean, he really, <laughs> he grabbed me up from the street. I met him on the street. Wow. And yeah, really, it was, it's a special story. Um, but then he gave me a real, real love for Berlin. And I knew that he wanted me to be here. And this was America in itself, because uh, talking later about intercession, you cannot pray for some something or some person or some community which you do not love. Mm. Uh, it's all combined with love. So he had to give me really uh, a deep love, the love of his heart for the city. So 
Um, but this wasn't from the beginning when I uh, when I came to the Lord. It was the Jesus people time. Hmm. Yes, 1974. Wow. And uh, so it was a Jesus people church I went to. That was the origin in Berlin. It started. It came over from America. It it landed in Berlin, and from Berlin it spread in in Germany. Oh my and gosh! So I was in the center of this movement, and from there, I mean, at, whoever has been or is so old as I am and has started with this uh, charismatic movement, uh, he knows that that we learned so many things. We learned so many things, and intercession is only one part of it. Yeah, we, so there was layer after layer which the Lord um, un, unveiled, uh, which had been treasures in the church, which has been lost, and so, uh, and so there, I, I, I learned a lot, and we also learned a lot by doing. Mm. At that time, it was mm. first doing, mm -hmm. and then got the explanation. Yes. We just jumped into it. And um, so it was also with intercession. I mean, there was not a teaching at that time about intercession. You, you, well, you heard about it, you knew, but there was no concept really. Yeah, yes. And that, that developed, and it developed together with... Um, spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there were different um, topics came together. There was the topic of uh, people can be, uh, the, the demonic is real because yeah. the demonic wasn't real before in the church. And so the demonic is real. It can attack people. Uh, people need sometimes deliverance. And so there was deliverance ministry on learning by doing and, and with it also came a knowledge that that in prayer you 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 are involved in a spiritual fight yes and not knowing really um what it 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 all meant and when i was uh when the lord gave me new life and I was newborn in him, he immediately gave me a, a gifting of, of a gift of tongues, which I couldn't understand at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, later I knew it's, it's warfare tongues. And, uh, and he started me to teach on my own. It's many things I learned just from the Lord. Yes. And intercession was also something which I learned a lot from him. Then I learned it from other people. Then I then he corrected me. Then then I I I found out that other people are shifting also in their theology. So it's still ongoing, ongoing the process of learning. Yes, absolutely. I love that you said you really learn by doing at first. I think this has been my experience as well, where I just, I didn't know what I was doing was interceding. I was just moved to do something or pray or something was happening inside me. I was carrying something and I didn't quite know how to name it, but I, I knew it was from God or I'd be compelled to go pray for someone or something was happening. 
And then later in my life, when I started to learn, you know, the word intercession and what these things mean, I'm realizing, oh, that's, that's what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. But it really was just his spirit communicating something to me without real even words that mm -hmm. started to move me. And then I realized, oh, this is, I'm carrying your heart. I'm actually stepping in. I'm standing in the gap right now between this situation and you and it's just naturally happening but I didn't know it was called intercession so I very much understand what you say when you kind of just are, are doing things and then you learn yeah. later yeah kind of what what they mean could I ask one more thing about Berlin you you mentioned I mean this was a very divided town though the wall in Berlin didn't come down until 89 right yes and so here you are 1974 <laughs> radically saved God is giving you new life in him, reborn. Now you have this love for your city, but it's still a divided city. Yes. It's not like it is now. Well, there's something interesting combined with com the war coming down. <laughs> yes, please tell me. <laughs> it's a really funny story because um, in seven, so 74, I think it was 79. I went with the youth group down to Altensteig in West Germany. And the Lord called me there to, to take a whole afternoon. They did something else and to intercede. And there was, at that time, intercession was, I, I understood more about it. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I was somehow interceding for Germany mm -hmm. and for the German government. At that moment, they wanted to... They wanted to acknowledge the GDR, and uh, and I was, I was disturbed, and I thought, no, God, that's not not the way it should be. So mm. I, so so out of out of this, he he suddenly spoke deeply into my heart and said, um, the war will come down, and Germany will be reunited, and this was in seventy nine. Yeah, so 10 years wow. earlier. And, Did that feel and, impossible at that moment? Oh, it was completely impossible. Right. <laughs> I thought, well, that's a funny idea. <laughs> uh, that's a strange, that you know, things which are so strange, you know that they don't come from your own reasoning. And it just came out of, I didn't reason at all about the war coming down. Uh, it seemed to be that 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 topic was out of uh, my consideration. Wow! But since the Lord spoke that, I knew it will come. And so sometimes, when you have some, when the Lord speaks a word, yeah, uh, which is not just a nice con conversation I have with the Lord, but really a word that creates. Yeah. Yes. So the, you know, the Lord speaks, it will not come void to him. So it will happen. More and more people then started later to pray for the war to come down. And I always knew it will, it will come down. They don't have to strive so much, it will. Wow. And then in 89, before it happened, there was a prophet test coming from America telling us Gwen Shaw, maybe some, so she's dead now. 
uh, that the wall will come down and about the uh, um, <clears throat> calling of Berlin and so on. And um, and I thought, yeah, I know it, it will come down. But still at that time, I mean, there was not the sign yet. It was early 89. It was in November that it came down. But when it came down, no, that's a funny thing, yeah. When it came down, everybody was so excited. And I was, I, I watched it on the television. It was in the night at, at, at 10 p.m. in the night. And I'm tired at 10 p.m. And I watched it. And I, and I thought, well, God, I knew it all the time. And I went to sleep. <laughs> and this is so funny, yeah. And, and I mean, everybody was so excited and yeah. everybody went out. And so, and I, I just thought, well, it's not really a news. That is so funny because you knew for so long. Oh my gosh, yeah. Rosemary. But I think that is also combined with intercession. Yeah. That, uh, that, I mean, the love, you ask about the love, the love the Lord gave uh, me for Berlin was was really so supernatural that that I felt it. I looked. I, I went into into the city and I just was overwhelmed with love for the city. I mean, it was not in my heart before. It was uh, I wanted to leave the city and 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 and, and, and become teacher in another city because I finished my study. But then. It was impossible. I knew the Lord wants me in the city. And I think if he wouldn't have given me this love, which I didn't have, and, and I knew it's not mine. So um, if he wouldn't have given me this love, I would have uh, left the city. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think love is so important and so key if we're going to actually really intercede and make a difference? Because if you, um, because God is love, and He, and and there's nothing outside of Him, there's no 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 pushing, no no striving, no 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 effort of 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 aggression, mm -hmm. which I learned. I mean, mm -hmm. I had to learn that. Yeah, that uh, that it is, uh, that love is a key, in which God acts. And that by loving something, it moves or uh, a thing is not what I'm talking about. Uh, a community is a corporate body. So, but even when I looked at the buildings, I just loved it. It was so, I saw beauty where I couldn't see beauty before. So <clears throat> you want, you, you, you want it to be like what God wants it to be. Because when you love something, you want it to be whole. You want it to be beautiful. You want it to be he uh, healthy. You want it to to become and to blossom and to become what it what it was meant to become. And and this is only a desire in the heart when you love. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you want to govern, if you want to dominate, you don't have this desire. Wow. And that, that even speaks to me to that, what you were just giving an illustration of when there's the striving and there's that intensity and that, not that intensity is wrong, but I, I was understanding that you were speaking more of interceding from uh, pushing and kind of a fleshly trying to get something done in my own, yeah. uh, right? Versus 
resting in the vision of love that God has given. Is that what you meant? Yes, but it was a very long road I had to take. I mean, the love was very early there, but um, I didn't understand about, uh, because when you come in contact first with these powers of darkness, Mm-hmm. It is even when 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 you when you pray in tongues, you feel a kind of aggression against mm-hmm. these yes. powers. Yeah. And and the the difficulty is when you don't understand your soul or when it is not really cleansed, you 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 land on it with your, I would say, with your uncleansed soul. And um and then you you start to uh, to join in a kind of ex- uh, aggression or, or or power play mm, mm. Um, where the lo- where the enemy knows your weaknesses and wants to engage you in, and wow. I had to learn through the Lord through revelation uh, after doing this and being exhausted all the time, but also feeling quite well because I I had won some battles, yeah. <laughs> So there's a kind of satisfaction in in um, in knowing you have got power, even if it's spiritual power. Yeah, and you can um, you can build your own ego up on this, and mm-hmm. this is high danger in inter- intercession when you are not um, at the point of of his love. Yeah, yeah. but still in a process. You have to go, and everybody has to go through this, that there is a kind of attraction in having influence and power upon principalities and and these things, which the Lord has given us. We do have power. Right. Right. And um, and it is uh, appealing to an unclean soul. It is mm. appealing to a, a self-image which doesn't, hasn't yet been hasn't yet found its identity in the love of God. Yes, I see that. And, and this is, and then you can stuck there, get stuck there, and don't leave that position because it gives you something which you have not yet found in the Lord, but yeah. in the ministry. And this is a great danger. And I want, uh, and I had to go through it, and I had to repent and see that the enemy gets something; he can trigger me, yeah. And the Lord said one 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 day, the Lord said, "Enough now! Uh, I want you to worship me, and and don't battle, don't battle, worship." And uh, it was a long road to learn uh, not to look upon the enemy. And to be fascinated from his works, but from the Lord alone. That's it. I mean, I think I even want to give that a little Selah moment. It seems so simple. But I think especially when you've been called into intercession and you feel and experience so much of what's happening in the spirit, right? It's not just information you're getting in your mind. Like it is it can consume, you know, it can, you can be feeling it so fully and carrying it in your person. Mm-hmm. It can be really hard to even distinguish sometimes yes. when the anger you're feeling or the, 
the energy towards darkness, like whether that's coming from a wound in your soul because we're being triggered and then we go into that face-to-face fight with the enemy, right? Versus I know who I am in the Lord. I believe that fear of God above everything else. I believe that he is sovereign and that he knows what he's doing and I'm going to listen for what he's doing and I'm going to actually war from a posture of peace. Doesn't mean that there isn't warfare tongues. Doesn't mean that there isn't that kind of prayer, but it's actually coming from victory versus this place of personal vendetta or something because of the trigger. I would say it is also because um, when you're young in the Lord, you do, do not know your identity in him. Um, I mean, you know your old self, but what is new? And what does it mean to be a child of God and and to, to be united with Christ? You just don't know. And so uh, when you experience that the Lord is using you, this gives you first identity. Mm. And and we must be honest, that is what we long for. We, we long for to know that uh, that I'm so, I have a verse, and the verse is out of doing, and everybody of us, we cannot jump from zero to 100. We have to learn, we have to grow. But that is why I think we need the generations, because mm-hmm. when you're young, it's, it's normal you go through these phases, but you have to have somebody who tells you, well, yes, this is one phase, but this is not the end. And, you know, that is because I start, we started. So there was nobody telling us. We right. all had to do it on our own and learn right. it on, on the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> and let the Holy Spirit convict you and speak to you and change yeah. things as you go along. Yes. Okay. I'd love to know briefly. What does intercession look like for you? Does it look like you're at home praying? Are you walking the city? Are you speaking out the words God shows you? Um, is it a combination of all of those things? What is kind of the manifestation of your intercession, would you say? Well, um, also this had different phases. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the Lord, when I understood that the Lord was uh, interested in the city and um, I mean you see all the stuff that is going on in the city and you know the hot spots of e- evil and so mm-hmm. on and there was a combination I am a kind of very analytical person and also very strong in 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 sensing the spiritual uh, world and he used me also um, for for understanding, uh, for historical mapping, so understand the history of the of the city. Understand looking for what what is. I mean, no, there wasn't a teaching at that time. It's all by the Lord, and develop an understanding about the calling by by just turning around the evil you see into what 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 is the opposite. So what does the Lord really has there? So the enemy only turns around what what the the Lord has already established as good. But anyhow, so when I saw it, I um, I felt compared to, to walk the city and to pray in the street and to look at it and to be on spot. And and then then we learned, then I found other people who were interested and we learned, we, we did that at, in little groups. 
and we learned by doing also by by people who were more experienced from different countries coming into the uh, city and helping us understanding what it means cleansing the land and cleansing the land that was a long time it was a calling the lord gave me uh, until uh, I could re rejoice in regions where earlier I couldn't even go in because I felt so. Uh, so it was something I did for for quite a while, many years, uh, until we really could see breakthroughs in very difficult areas. And a riot went down, and so Berlin was famous for, riot, for a riot on the 1st of May. And over 10 years, uh, we, we, we cleansed the land, we marched, we were there when it was, we were on spot. So um, being in the riot and praying and, and seeing the Lord moving. So I did a lot of that, but um, mostly, so, so my praying was mostly at home and mostly alone. And uh, not so much with many people, because many people couldn't understand my calling. Right. And you have right. to find your tribe. <laughs> Isn't that true? That yeah. is so true, Rosemary. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we talked a little bit earlier about kind of the, the change in covenant and how mm -hmm. that affects how we intercede and our understanding of what it means to intercede. Right. Can you share a little bit about that for us now, what you've learned in that? So when when the understanding and even my own understanding of the Bible and about of intercession, it there's a theolo the, theology now about intercession. And mostly all the examples you hear about are taken out of the old covenant book. So the Torah and, and the prophets, they, uh, are, they all lived under the Old Covenant. And the Old Covenant had uh, an ordained priesthood by God. And what happened in the Old Covenant sometimes is, gives a hint about what uh, it, it is like a truth forever, but it's not always a truth forever. Because in the New Covenant, uh, a lot of things drastically change, mm. including our own being. I mean, we are not just saved and forgiven. We are made a new being in Christ, <laughs> no longer separated, no longer here am I and here there is he. And how can I reach him? And I mean, there were so many teachings, how I break through into the heavens and before his throne and so. And it was all taken from, uh, fr from examples of the old covenant. Mm. And, um, and so our understanding was also fixed in this, I stand in the gap, yeah? I stand between man and God. But then the Lord, 10 years ago, he said, um, I want you to understand the priesthood of Melchizedek and what that, that is and, and what it means that I am a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And this is Hebrew te 
in, in Hebrew, the whole Hebrew letter is about the changing of the priesthood under the changing of the covenant. And actually, I hadn't heard until then, and even now, I, I'm still, there are only few people that start to teach about it, and there is no understanding, really, that it is different, and that we... Um, that the Lord, that this priesthood, when you really look at it, you see he has been priest from the beginning, from the beginning on and before the foundation of the world. He had already, already been a priest. So how can he be the same priest as the old covenant order? Because those priests, they represented, they stood between man and God and they represented man before God. But in the in the the only time you see the priest of after Melchizedek mentioned in uh, uh, with Abraham's uh, meeting him there after the battle, you see this priest represents God to men and not standing in between or so, yeah. Mm. And um, that was a higher order, and it is it is totally different. Uh, what he can do and what is his calling to do and why God needs such a priest <laughs> still is something to ponder and 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 I mean there is an altar in heaven and there is a blood sacrifice in heaven uh, once for all yes yeah and um, and what what had to be done to cleanse the gap or or to breach the gap it has been accomplished. Yes. So I now my understanding now is not that I have to switch back in a in a kind of existence or thinking of the old, but that the Lord wants me to to learn to pray with him, as the Bible says, he is the intercessor. So what is he praying? Mm. And is what is he praying? Mm. So I started to ask him. I say, Jesus, what are you praying about? And he what said, it's my, it's my bride. I'm praying. I'm interceding for my bride. And it's interesting when when you look at the at the prayers of Jesus in John. And so it's all. I do not pray for the world. I pray for those you have given me. And I mean, this changed a lot of, of, of my understanding and, and also to understand that uh, it's not the position that something needs to be accomplished anymore about the wrath of God. And so it's, it's all finished. Yeah. And it's not a battle anymore in this sense. It's, yeah. it is what you said, the resting place yeah. of his love. And the trusting in his accomplished work, and the and the and uh, and to worship and look upon him and know that he's good, and that it's his desire that his goodness comes to earth, and and it you change the perspective, the this image of I I am between. No, I'm not in between. Yeah. You're I'm so right. I even used that 
I even used that term earlier, standing in the gap, because that's what the the words I've heard. But of when course. I sit and think about it, I'm like, what gap? <laughs> Just like you yeah, said, what gap? Yeah. there's no gap anymore. Yeah, we always say because the, the sinful people or the sinful earth and we stand there and we, we ask God for his mercy or how I understood it, we 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 believe him that he wants to be merciful. And this is true, he wants to be merciful. Yeah. But sometimes we have images in our head which hinder us to, to, to be really close with the Lord. Because when I stand in between, it's like here I am and here he is, and there is the sinful word. Yeah, so, but there's no more separation. I am in Christ. And this, this understanding, identity changes. I, it's a totally different identity. I'm I'm one with his priesthood. So that that is why I mean we have to understand, we have to ask him, we have to learn it. I cannot give you the whole explanation, only that what I learned from him is one of this this priesthood is speaking life. Mm. And he spoke, he's the word also, and he brings forth. And we are one with him bringing forth his life into a wow. dead world. And, and this is so different, yeah? I can speak life. I can dance on the graves with him. <laughs> and and, I mean, and not fear any death. death. Death has no power. I am joined to the one who is life and who brings life and who speaks life. And this is another dimension of this uh, Melchizedek priesthood. Yes. Speaking into being, yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because it is in Hebrews. Is it? Is it in Hebrews where it says, "I mean, Jesus is from the order of Melchizedek." Yes, talk about him being the, from that order. So this is the model. You have really to look at the, the whole Hebrew speaks about what it means. The new priesthood, also, he's a new priesthood, a new order. Yeah. Wild, wild. I mean, I I know these things on a on a level. But I feel the way that you're ordering it and the way that you're speaking about it, my spirit is just absorbing it like a sponge right now again. And it's bringing me such encouragement because I think even when we met, um, there was a moment where you and I had an interaction and I think I had mentioned, you know, this posture of rest is I know that that is the posture of victory of what God is showing me he wants to do. It's already been finished. It's not like, this is what I want to do. Let's see if we can make that happen together. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, it's, mm -hmm. this is, this is done. I want you to agree with me and be in this posture of rest and joy over this situation. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's really easy. And sometimes that is not easy for me. Mm -hmm. And when we were there in the kitchen at Anna's, there was a moment I was talking about, you know, how, how easy it is for, to get pulled back into this position mm -hmm. of, um, Bad. yeah, battle. Because, yeah. because I'm hooked in a place where I'm either triggered or I'm angry or somehow in the base of my subconscious, I think that I'm responsible. Yes. If I just saw this thing that's really painful, I just heard this bad news over this thing that I'm praying about. And now all of a sudden I'm getting hooked back into this discouragement or oh, I didn't pray enough, something more needs to happen. And my reaction is more mm -hmm. to war 
mm-hmm. or just be so discouraged mm-hmm. that it didn't work, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I see, as I know other people have been praying for long periods of time for things that that's, that can happen. This kind of feeling of discouragement, God, you said this, we've been mm-hmm. standing, we've been believing now we're discouraged. I'm either pulled back into this war posture or I'm don't want to pray at all anymore. And so there's this almost dis, uh, intercession fatigue. Yeah. What would you say in that situation, have you experienced it before where you've prayed and prayed and believed and stood and then that thing is still not happened and you have to pick yourself back up or what does that look like for you? Well, now when I, when I look at now, I would say what the biggest lie is. And mm-hmm. when we get the wrong teachings, we are stuck in that lie. Everything that <clears throat> points us back to ourself and our self effort is the biggest lie. And it is a separation lie. It is the lie, me, my, and, and, and this is, I mean, the, the deepest root of sin is self. Uh, and it's concentration upon myself. And that is where the Lord has set me free. And, and it's, this is the identity struggle. And this is where I have to learn, like Jesus said, stay in me. And if, and we are so, not used to to know what it means to stay in him or even to live in in this identity of being completely united Mm. and nothing can separate me and every thought of separation is a lie and if i act on it if i act on these thoughts i must do that or i'm not good enough i i i me this is this is the lie of the enemy and and that is why we need teachings that that cut this off radically yeah. because this is a, a true lie and this is the hope then yeah that i get in doubt and so i mean even if things um i prayed for over 40 years i i not prayed but i believed the lord like a little bit like the wall once he speaks, uh, you you first pray because you don't have the faith, really. You do not believe him, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, we have to be honest, not on <laughs> this, this religious talk, yeah. But it's all what counts with God is only trust. Do mm-hmm. I trust? It's my work. God says, it's my work. Do you trust me? No, I do not trust him from the beginning because I look at the results and I say, ah, it's still not there. And how can I know that I can, that you do really have done it or that it's really already in your mind and so on and so on. This is all not, no cleansed, really God-like trust. I mean, Jesus said, we have to have God's space. So it's not ours. Just relax. It's not your face. You <laughs> even cannot say, oh, I have such a face. Receive right. it from God. Yeah. But anyhow, when it doesn't happen, like my father, 40 years, I mean, he became 100 and six months, then he died. Wow. And with 99 and some months, he finally asked the Lord to come into his heart. So it was more than 40 years, but the Lord had had told me from the beginning, I will save you and your house. So, but for some years I prayed 
And then I more and more, I found out that the Lord sees my father with much more mercy than I do and knows much more deeper what are his problems than I do. And I started to pray for these issues where I saw his heart bleeding, where I saw, yeah, not about that he will come to the Lord, that that was not the issue anymore. He, the issue was the way God wanted to work in his life that he would be able to receive him. So, so it changes. You can still stay on the topic, but with knowing the Lord is at work. Mm-hmm. When you feel his mercy, uh, when he shows you how how he sees the situation, which bothers you or which troubles you or so, and, and then when he starts to show you the wounds of the people, the hurts or the heart, he sees it. And so, I mean, this is what I mean. It it it's love that 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 grows in this communication with intercession. If the love doesn't grow, you have to be careful. Yeah such wise words. And because of time, I'm going to close the intercession conversation, even though I would love to have another hour because maybe we'll do another one or I'll just get to ask you questions because I have so many more questions on this topic. Yeah, I'm happy. Um, I can share it. I just love it. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I, I truly feel like I just learned and was yeah imparted something new. So thank you for that. I want to make time to go over your dream. Mm-hmm. Is it the reoccurring one? I haven't heard it yet, but you mentioned you had a reoccurring dream. Is that the one you wanted to bring? Yeah, I have okay. since years. And I have to to tell for those who don't know me that I've been a teacher in, um, in the primary school. And since 2008, I already left school because the Lord called me out. And um, but since I'm out and already before when I was on vacations, I had these dreams and it's repetitive dreams. They change a little bit now because I really tried to understand. And I for some years, I tried to understand my dreams and um, and some are dreams that show me I have to pray for something with him. But a lot of dreams are about myself, and mm-hmm. uh, but this one I do not understand because it's a repetitive thing that's coming up, and some details remain the same. Others are changing already, but what remains is I I would like to share because recently, last week, I had one again, and actually, it unnerves me. <laughs> it unnerves you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, listen, from my understanding, we have reoccurring dreams because we haven't gotten what God wants to show us yet. Right. So I'm here for it. Let's see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I love it. But I would I would uh, tell, like to tell about the, the, the environment, what I dream a lot about. So okay. I dream, it's, it's very often the scenes, the scenes are similar. So, um, for example, I dreamt that I was supposed to teach a fourth grade class. And then I realized in the dream also that I haven't started the required dictations and essays yet. And the dreams are always about me remembering 
that I was supposed to write dictations or essays and or do something else which which was demanded of me and that I actually knew that I don't have to teach anymore, but that I still find myself in this situation in the dream. And um, and teaching was not is still also in the dream, not so much that what I bother about, but I bother about that that what is demanded of me, like like writing detections or essays, which are demanded from the higher hierarchy. Um, and it's always too late for me in the school term when I'm in that class to do them. Yeah. So in short, I know I should do something, but I also know that I'm no longer on duty, but still I feel obliged to care for the situation, but I cannot solve it. I usually am annoyed that I have thrown away all of my first grade class and other teaching materials, oh. which I have, yeah? And usually I'm also now in buildings, which are totally foreign to me, where I, I get kind of lost because I'm always looking for the by, um, for the library where I can get material from and I can never find it or they will not, not give it to me. And then I'm looking for the principal to tell him about my situation. And uh, in the earlier dreams, I never found the principal. Now I do find him. And... Uh, and usually now he's very relaxed, <laughs> and um, and he's not worried, and uh, so also in my last dream. So I can tell you uh, the actual dream I had. Great. So I I am teaching. It was on the fifteenth of November. I'm teaching a second grade class. It's just before the end of the first half term of the school year. And once again, it's about the fact that I didn't have the dictations written. So I was not sure. Do I have to write with the pupils three dictations? Do you have to write them in second grade anyhow? Or only in third grade? So I'm looking for female colleagues that I can ask, but I can't find anyone. Mm. Finally, I find the principal. And I ask him, and he calmly says that he doesn't know himself and that I have to read up on it first. Also, he has to read it up. He doesn't know it, which is very strange. And then change of scene. I grabbed an old book, probably from the GDR, with, with a story, a German story of Max and Moritz with rhymes and short text because I wanted to use it as a dictation book because there was no one else to help me. And that was the end of the dream. Well, I think it's very curious that you didn't used to find the principle, but now you do. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I have some thoughts here, but do you already have some interpretation for this? Or do you feel like this is blank? No, I had several interpretations for it. And I thought <laughs> I solved the problem. And that's <laughs> why it's so unnerving, because I thought I know now what it means. But I, I would say it deals with a kind of fear in me, with yes. a kind of insecurity. And the insecurity seems to have layers because mm -hmm. some, some dream aspects 
change, but some not. And it seems to be still an insecurity. At the moment, I'm dealing with an insecurity, the Lord showed me, that I think when I feel people want, want or feel bad when I say this or that, I rather don't say it. I so see. my behavior is uh, linked to what I feel the person needs. Something will happen when I do what I really want to do, like say tell them I don't like this or I don't want to do this. Uh, what what is the relationship then they will have with me? I don't want to lose the relation. Yeah. So, um, so here in the dreams, I feel under all must be an, a hidden fear which I haven't yet, which hasn't yet been plucked out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I wondered that too. I wondered if this was partially your soul speaking to you and partially God highlighting something right where if we're if we're afraid we're missing something that maybe there there actually is a fear that you're missing something that you're going to miss something or maybe there's a part of you that is quote unquote missing meaning that has yet to be brought fully into integration in your heart mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's interesting to me because I think of you and when you were talking about dictation and then the writing, I'm like, well, that seems to me like something you'd be really good at speaking and writing and teaching. I am. Yeah. Right. And even in, I wonder if there's also an invitation into more of that now, but, but if there's something else God is actually calling you to write, he's something else he's actually calling you to speak that maybe hasn't fully come to the surface yet, but is on his heart. Yeah, that was also one track I was on because actually since beginning of the year, uh, I'm developing my creative writing skills. I write uh, a, a, a story, a book, and it's very, it's, it's kind of fantasy thing. And it's very different from what I have, written before because I always was analytical uh -huh. and I had a lot of fears starting this and I went through a lot of fears in, 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 in this. At the moment, I don't work so much on it anymore, but I don't feel so afraid of doing anymore. Good. But there's still a part of me in it who, who thinks it's not so important for oh God, other things are more important to do. When you were first speaking and you said dictating or if I should be writing essays, when you said the word writing, it was very highlighted in the spirit to me. And I thought, oh, there's something she's meant to write right now. Mm. So when you bring that up, I think I think that's exactly it. And mm. the the kind of fear in your dream of this urgency of like, oh, is this supposed to be here right now? Am I supposed to do this now? Is this actually required of me right now? I wonder if God is really saying this is important, then there is an, an urgency oh. on this. Uh, so that my my thing is, I feel obliged anyhow, but the, what is, I, I don't get it really, because I, yes, in the spirit, I 
about this topic, I feel encouraged that the lottery says, I want you to do this. So there's an obligation. And on the other hand, in the dream, I usually know that I'm just kind of substitute teacher at the moment because I'm no longer employed. Yeah. What does that feel like to you? No, it's a kind of, it's strange because I don't want to do it. Uh, I want to be free. If I teach, I want to be free, do what I want. Yeah. Not feel obliged to do these things that that are the, the norm. I don't, I want to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Just something draws me back to this. This is what they demand of me. Is there a part of you that still feels that way toward God? Well, to be honest, I I value the old things he called me to do much higher than <laughs> write just the creative story, really. I mean, who actually, I, I can't see a real, I mean, he tries to give me some sense to it, but I, I can't really see it because who really is profiting? from it. I mean, when I do counseling, when I do Bible teaching or so, I know it's it's bringing, it's something, yeah? yeah. But uh, spiritual verse, yeah? <laughs> but just writing a story, oh. I, I can't see it on the same level. Yeah, yeah. It feels like I, maybe the substitute teacher thing. It's kind of, eh just something that is filling in it's not necessarily of the same caliber yeah. and importance but you know it's yeah. so interesting i mean i'm sure you know who jr tolkien do you know jr tolkien i know i've i've listened to his uh, as a, his stories as an audio book yes and, yeah and i have studied him at c.s lewis also exactly i love and it i love it i love it yeah and their stories are so prophetic in nature and there's so much profound imagery that has absolutely communicated truths about the kingdom or the spirit or God to yeah. me in ways that nothing else can, you know, story. And you know, this, I'm just, I'm just affirming you. Jesus speaks, he teaches in parables and he teaches in stories. He knows the way that people receive and understand stories are at the core of how he communicates. Mm. And so I think, there's the idea stuff. I have in my head in which I I know I received something from him. It has nothing to do with some spiritual connection. I really can't make it my own. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But you never know how God's going to use that for other people. No, I don't. You have no idea. I mean, why do people love movies and books? Because they connect to it hmm. in, in ways that we can't anticipate. I mean, yeah. when I'm teaching or telling a story, I'm always surprised the parts of the story that people connect with. I would think it would be this part or this part. Those seem really obvious. But no, it was this little thing I said over here because somehow that's exactly what happened to them when they were that age. And I had no idea. But that oh, wasn't yeah. why I wrote the story. God just used it mm -hmm. in his supernatural way. I think it's mm. utterly powerful, Rosemary. Mm -hmm. I would mm. read any story you wrote. But maybe there's just something there that needs to that that the Lord wants to, yeah, to settle to settle yeah. in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it. It there's an echo in me because I really struggle still with it. 
I mean, I do it, and and when I have a little bit much time, then I do it. And otherwise, I'm happy not to have so much time. <laughs> I feel more secure on the other side. Totally, totally. Oh my gosh, I know it. But he's, you know, he's growing us. He's growing all of us in these areas. Like, I don't feel as comfortable in that. But that's where he's having me exercise the muscle. Yes. I'd rather do these things where it's much easier for me because I'm used to doing it. That's but he's like, but this is actually who you are. It's so silly. He's talking to me about business and all of these things that I feel completely in qual- unqualified for. And that also seemed to me like, is this really going to build the kingdom? Is this really what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> these other things seem so much more spiritual. But this is what he's having me focus on because he knows what's in me and he knows what's in you. Well, Hilarious. I tripped. I know. <laughs> you have at the nail down. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Mama. It's time. Okay. But I, I, I wonder I wonder the last the last piece I'll leave with you is I wonder if that part of you that feels that obligation piece of like ah when I'm forced to do something, I don't want to do it. Mm. I wonder if there's a mindset shift God wants to give that part of you too, because that's not how he is. It's, yeah. it's always an invitation, even mm-hmm. if there is a quote unquote urgency, meaning like there's a timing thing and kind of a yes, this is the moment I'm kind of continuing to nudge you. I want this to happen yeah. now. There is a timing on this. This matters. You know, it's still not you are obligated and this is the law. And if yeah. you don't, then right, which, you know, mm-hmm. but I wonder if he's just wanting to put his finger on that little. Belief. Yeah, I, I, I think there's something with this obligation Yep. Which is deeply rooted in my my uh, soul, yeah. Yes. So I, I'm this person who does things when I, when I say I do it, I do it, yeah. Even if I have no, <laughs> if, I, if I don't want it really to do it anymore. But when I I'm I'm faithful, yeah. Wow. Uh, obligation uh, calls me, yeah. Oh my gosh, I could say so many more things about that sadly because of time i'm gonna have to end it here uh rosemary you just been such an absolute gift thank you for coming on the podcast i'm gonna continue to pull on you if that's okay and just get your wisdom on things and hopefully have you on here again and you'll have to keep us all in the loop of what happens with this book i i thank you for letting um uh, for talk that that I was able to talk this with you through because I'm so stuck in myself in these dreams and it helped me a lot and uh, I'm happy that um, I told you that I'm happy about your podcast very I, I I'm the fan from the beginning <laughs> and I, I never dreamt to be on the podcast and with my own dreams no <laughs> I just love it and and probably not the last time and yeah. I'm so glad you brought that too, because that's how it is with all of our dreams. We get so stuck in our own because we have our own thoughts and our own, you know, we have to bring them out to other people. That's why I love doing this is because we get more revelation when we can actually talk it out and get other perspectives. So yeah. it is a great honor and pleasure for me. And I will see you and talk to you very soon. Oh, hope so. <laughs>